Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This podcast is part of the How We Are Network. For information on this episode and many other like-minded shows, visit howweare.org. That's H-O-W-W-E-A-R-E dot O-R-G. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast, your weekly dose of independent culture. And this week, there's a lot of stuff happening this week, so I'm just going to get right to it. Adam Elmachius, and I'm butchering his last name, I think Elmachius, I'm pretty sure that's how you say it. He is a professional photographer, a young one at that. He is the ripe age of 25, and I I thought he was a little bit older when I reached out to him. Yeah, and I was just pleasantly surprised. I was like, oh, that's good. You're young. You're hustling. Hustling is an understatement. The dude is all over the place. He's traveling with bands, taking live shots, taking promo shots. He's just, he's putting cool visual stuff out there in the world. And that's kind of what attracted me to speak with him in the first place. Let me tell you, this is, this is a journey. We talk about a lot of stuff. Adam, definitely, there were certain points where I felt like we might have ta- taken a break, like take a breather, but Adam kept diving in and I, I was... I was so glad he did, and I was able to have a really, really nice and sometimes very deep conversation and uh, fret with depression. I was just, I was trying to think of a, a better way of putting that, but no, we just talk about depression, and he suffered a lot from that and still battles with it occasionally. So 
we dive deep into that. But anyways, let's get some business stuff out of the way, and then we will dive into my talk with Adam. And if you're not subscribed to the show, please do so, because every Wednesday I post a new show with what I define as someone who is doing stuff that is cool within the context of independent music. So the the best feedback that I get is like, hey, I subscribe to the show. Every week I check out the guest, even though I may not either like their band or like what they do. There's something that is a through line through all of these stories and people people are generally the same and not in a bad way, but we've all kind of had our, our, our sort of ups and downs and it just humanizes. Like, anyways... So subscribe to the show. That's all I'm trying to say. Follow along in this awesome journey. Two notes of business. One, go do a survey. And I know a survey, it's like, holy shit, that sounds incredibly boring. But if you like the medium of podcasting, go to www.podsurvey.com slash words. Basically what that is, it's like a five minute little survey that just gets some demographic information. It's nothing personal. It's not going to ask you if you've had some crazy diseases. It's basically like, hey, do you like tech? Do you like video games? All that sort of stuff. Because basically podcasting is still such a new medium. People don't really know who's listening to this. And this is the way that you are going to help the show by doing the survey. So like I said, go to www.podsurvey.com slash words And if they pick you, you win a $100 gift card. It's a winner at random, and your email address will not go into any other weird sort of like cold emails that you'll get from, hey, check this thing out. No, none of that will happen. You'll complete the survey, and if you win, they'll contact you and be like, hey, here's $100. So thank you for that. For those of you that have been listening to the show over the course of this month, May, I've been doing a fundraising campaign and this show is free for you and I appreciate those of you who are contributing to this this fundraising campaign. I, actually, I can't thank you enough. It's awesome to see the sort of feedback and people that have been previous guests on the show are tweeting about it and talking about their social networks. Like, I, It's humbling to have that thrown at you because, I mean, people... Even though this is just kind of like a simple interview, a lot of people that participate in this, as far as like the the guests that I have on, remember this interview. They think about it after it's over. They're like, oh, wow, that was a really cool interview. I really enjoyed that. I had a fun time with that. And I don't, I don't think that happens with a lot of interviews that these people do because, you know, after all, a lot of these questions get kind of boring. And I, I don't know, I just pride myself on the fact that people that are guests on here enjoy that. So anyways, because of all that, I, I, I just want to figure out a way to make the show better. And that's why I'm coming to you, the listener, to make that happen. Visit a website, please, please. This is the last week that I will be bugging you to do this. Basically, like, I don't know, two or three times a year, I'll do this. Please go here. It's patreon.com backslash the letter X purpose X, which is P-U-R-P-O-S-E-X. And you can go there. It's kind of like a Kickstarter, but basically the idea is that if you decide to contribute a certain amount of month for the show, you will get cool stuff. You will get stickers, you'll get buttons, you'll get a bonus episode, you'll get a chance for me to potentially interview you for a upcoming episode, a lot of stuff. Let me put it this way. So this show gets anywhere between 10 to 25,000 people downloading that. And it blows my mind that we reach those sort of numbers. It's crazy. It's amazing because even if a small portion of you, like no joke, 
if 20 of you decided to give like 10 bucks a piece, you would be covering the show for so many people. I would be able to get better recording equipment. I can maybe travel to do some interviews, to meet up with people face-to-face that might not do interviews on a regular basis and might not ever want to do anything over the phone or Skype or whatever. So anyways, I'm coming to you, hat in hand, to be like, hey, give some money. I really, really, really need it for the show, okay? Thank you very much. Anyways. Business is out of the way. So Adam came over to my house. We hung out. We talked. Like I said, it gets deep. It gets real. It gets awesome. There's so many uh, highs and lows. And it was cool because I I always like when I feel the energy from the person and we start to kind of like bounce off of one another. And I felt like towards the end of the conversation, it was definitely like, man, we are in a really good mental headspace where the conversations we were having were just, it was just as real as real can be. So... Without further ado, here's my conversation with Adam, and I will talk to you after. But um, usually, I start these things off with just my own personal kind of like entry point to you and your your okay. the work that you do, where like because clearly photography is a very crowded market. Like, <laughs> not, I mean. It, in 2014, even in 2010, like even before everyone had cameras in their pocket, Mm -hmm. it it was one of those things where it's like certain photographers just, you know, they just have like a certain either distinct look or vibe or what they're trying to capture. Um, and you definitely have that, but it was the way in which you marketed yourself for lack of a better term, Mm -hmm. where you like put yourself out there. Mm -hmm. Um, it really impressed me in regards to like, Oh, okay. I mean, like, you essentially market yourself like a band. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, in certain respects, I'm sure people get put off by that. Like, oh, yeah. just, like, looking at you. Sorry, I explained to somebody yesterday. Keep going. So, right. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm, I'm excited to hear your perspective, but it's, like, yeah. it, it for me, it initially, like, it feels uncomfortable for a minute, but then I look at it and I'm like, oh, well, it ma- I mean, it makes sense for what you were trying to accomplish. Yeah. But, so it sounds like you went into it, that was a deliberate thing that you were doing, right? Yeah. Be, so do people have that sort of like, you know, what, what baggage do people bring to that? Uh, in regards to like, like if somebody first looks at my site and doesn't know anything about me. Right. Like, well, I expect the response to be, what the fuck? Who's what this dude? Right, right. Why, why is he, why does he love himself so much? Sure. Why does he have to wear a shirt with his own face on it? Why, you know, what entitled him to do this? And mm-hmm. I totally get that. Right. And I'm okay with that. You know, okay. that, right. that's fine. Like if that, then you're probably not my target market. Right. And most people who come to my site to look at my photography, hopefully they get the photography first and they understand me a little bit before they stumble upon my merch. Sure. Because yeah, it does have my face on it and yeah, it is myself, but that's my brand. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to support it and I'm going to back it and I'm going to wear it and do my thing. I mean, sure. that's something I created. I'm proud of that right but uh and if i ever get off track here feel free to read no do you do do i like start talking and yeah, then forget yeah. the question that's so. the whole point <laughs> okay cool so yeah but i mean it's also it's a combination of that uh-huh i say somebody looking to hire me yeah comes likes the work might not understand that somebody looking to look at my work that's maybe more of a fan mm-hmm. would probably buy into the merch as well and be like oh i get that that's cool if they follow me online right somebody who has no idea about anything is going to be totally confused right They're like maybe like my life is totally on the internet like right. i use the internet 
all the time. Right. So if you're not up to down the internet, you're going to be so confused on whether there's a tweet on a shirt, you know? I, I personally never had that sort of, like, gut reaction in mm-hmm. regards to, like, oh, like, this guy seems kind of douchey. Like, <laughs> come, like, chill out, calm down. You're just a photographer. Calm down. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have that reaction. I Like I said, I did have cool. that reaction in regards to, like, you're very, you're consistent about it. Yeah. Like, it, 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 it's one thing if someone is, like, you know, it's like they're like a chameleon where it's like you can you can see the evolution. And that I mean, that happens naturally within a person. But it's like, I guess the better word is like, you know, you seem authentic in, yeah, in the is. way that you present yourself. No, I, I totally know what you mean. And I'm happy it came across that way because the last thing I want to say, the last one is photographers come on. And I think sometimes people relate it to themselves mm-hmm. and say, why can't I do this? Or think like that's the last thing I think people come and look and say. Right. But and so and that that's when people start hating on you is when they're like. Well, I like that you saw that because, yeah, I feel that some people see what they want to do mm-hmm. and then they become that. Right. Rather than just being mm-hmm. themselves right. and letting it kind of grow naturally. The more you do it, the better, more it grows. And you shouldn't, if, if it's going correctly, you shouldn't even notice. Mm-hmm. You should, it should always just feel like, like people come to me and they're like, oh, you've done a great job doing this and this. And I'm like, I, there are some conscious decisions made, right. but at the same time, it's all been so gradual mm-hmm. that there's never a point where I'm like, I'm going to do this and make, not trying to be something, which is a good feeling. Sure, it's, sure. It's comfortable, I guess. Yeah, yeah. well, you're kind of, you're, you're, you're kind yeah, but you're kind of seeing where, where it takes you as opposed to, I mean, honestly, I equate it back to, in my opinion, bands that have the concept of like the sort of step-by-step progress. Like where it's like, okay, we want to, you know, put out a demo. We want to put out, you know, our first, whatever, our first EP, our first seven inch. Like when you have those like incremental goals Mm -hmm. set that like that forces you to have, you know, a natural evolution and kind of follow that along as opposed to, you know, bands that fall apart and become completely transparent as far as like, oh, like you started with a business plan. Mm -hmm. Like you started with this, like, all right, we want to get a five record deal from this label, like. Dude, you haven't even played like you haven't even played your first show. Yeah, it's like, like it's like, kind of like a project, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Some people take it as a project, and right. some people just do it because that's all they know, right? And they know it's going to work out. They don't know how it's going to work right. out, but they're taking whatever comes tomorrow. You know, they're not figuring out what they want next year and trying to get there, right? They're right. just taking it small steps and just growing and going with it. And that, right. There's no way to fail if you can't fail in that aspect because no. there's you're not being like, well, I need to get this or I'm fucked. Like, right. All you're doing is doing tomorrow, and the, right. you can't be mad at that. Like, no. there's no way, there's no way to fail. Totally, you're totally. Like, and, and the, I mean, on, on that same token too, where it's like the, the something that's been in my head recently a lot in regards to like you know success and like obviously how people measure it and stuff. It's like it, it like it almost literally does not matter because like you look at whatever. It's like you look at you know if you equate it back to bands where it's like whatever you can look at you know a band like a band like Coldplay where it's like. Do they? Right. I mean, they're massive, but it's like, I'm sure in their own heads, there are things that they want that they can't, like they, for whatever reason, can't get. But then like, obviously you look at other bands that, you know, maybe sound similar to them and they're like, oh man, we just want to be like Coldplay. Like that's where we want to go. Yeah. No one's happy. (laughs) Like what's you You got to be happy with what you have. (laughs) But that's what keeps those bands going too, is the fact that they're they're happy, but they're not quite satisfied. And that's what keeps them. That's true. You know, that drive is never going to be quenched and people... It always bums me out when I talk to someone and they're like, oh, I'll be happy when. And right. they have like this thing they want to do. I'm like, first of all, that's probably never going to happen. Right, right. Second of all, you're never going to be happy if your happy re- re- revolves around getting somewhere because that's not your happiness. That's like your 
that's like your thirst right to do something sure so like you're not going to ever get there because as soon as you get it, you're going to be like, fuck, I want to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm sure you know. Because, cause then, yeah, whatever. It's you, you reach that sort of like weird pinnacle. Yeah. And then, you know, how long did people actually take that moment to appreciate like, wow, that was cool. It's like maybe 30 seconds. And yeah. then they're like, all right, what's the next thing? Yeah. Like, what's the next thing? I can the next thing. Yeah. Like sometimes I'll get, like sometimes I'll, like, I'll be like, man, I really want to work with this artist. Right. And then I'll finally get it. And before I've even done the shoot, I'm okay with not doing the shoot and moving on to the next thing. Right. Because in my head, I've already gotten there. You've processed it. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, yeah, cool. I got that client. Now let's move on. I'm like, you still got to do this shit, dude. Right, right. Like, yeah, shit. wait, hold on. I have to, I have to actually deliver yeah. the stuff that we yeah. talked about yeah. doing. Um, and so you, you yourself, you were born and raised in, like, was it Madison, right? In Wisconsin? My, I mean, I have, I've never been to Madison. I mean, total college town, right? Um, the yes, right? Yeah, yes, video. Yeah, yeah. I'm, like, I'm like nodding, like yes, yeah. yes. Um, because because that, that University of Wisconsin is there, right? Well, I mean, what was your experience in the town? <clears throat> because obviously, there's a very large conception of the Midwest. Uh, you know, tell me about it because I sort of know, but I mean, the, the the impressions that people get, like especially if they're born on the coasts and like really only spend the time on their coasts, is that like for one, it's like devoid of art. Mm-hmm. I mean, with the exception of like you'd be like, oh, it's Chicago, and it's like there's obviously little markers in which you can point to, but a lot of people are just like, well, okay, you're you're less educated, like, and granted, these are very large stereotypes, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, you're you're kind of culturally devoid, you don't really know like where to go, yeah, um, and you you immediately want to go to one of the coasts because that's where everything's happening, mm-hmm. and that's sort of like that restlessness that exists within kind of that that the Midwest in general. So, I mean, did you did you have that kind of within uh, you as far as the? Uh, I mean, growing up there. You don't know that stuff. Right. I don't know those stereotypes about me. Yeah, yeah. The only stereotype that I've really learned that people think about the Midwest is that they're all really nice. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody mm-hmm. like, oh, you're from Wisconsin. Right. Oh, and then they say, like, Wisconsin, like, all right, weird. Right. And I'm like, nobody talks like that. <laughs> right, 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 right. <clears throat> but, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, like, growing up there, a lot of the things that I realized about Wisconsin, I didn't realize about Wisconsin until I moved to California. Like, I didn't realize... You didn't have the basis of comparison. Yeah, I sure. didn't... I mean, that's all I knew. Right. So, or until I went on tour the first time. You right. know, that was, like, a big eye-opener. But living in Wisconsin, especially Madison, like, I don't know, a lot of parties. Yeah. Lot of, like, my high school life was almost college life because me, myself, I didn't party that hard, quote-unquote. Right. Um, you know, if we... Like, for our Halloweens were spent... We have, like, the craziest Halloween. Like, they... It's, like, tens of thousands of people storming one street, like riot police every year sure now it's more of like a actual thing they do okay yeah but it's, it's an organized event it's an organized like, event they can't they can't afford it like it would be like horseback fires like every year it was yeah. crazy but that's what we did in high school like uh-huh. people always try to tell me they party hard and i'm like i went to high school in wisconsin right with next to a college like you're t- like stadium the football stadium is like four blocks from my high school right like yeah. they're like I'm impressed with your partying, but trust me, I've seen like, right. I've seen some crazy people stuff. Drink all this, like <laughs> right. that's all they do. Yeah, well into their career. Right. So, and nothing's changed now. But no. right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but still, like growing up in that, like did it? Just, did like in a certain way? Did it? You know, did it? I wouldn't say force to force you to grow up a little, but like, did you? Because you were exposed to these these you know elements that obviously like parents and society tries to shield kids yeah. from, and you were just like, well, there's literally no choice because I'm seeing it like. <laughs> yeah, I, I, the thing about Madison is that Madison actually is super diverse, super artsy, super yeah. like it's kind of like if you've been to Seattle or Portland, 
similar to that, similar to Austin, Texas. Sure. It's like those places where it's not really like the areas around it. I can't speak for anything outside of Madison or Milwaukee. Milwaukee, right. Yeah, those areas are fit a lot of your stereotypes. I have stereotypes about those areas. Right. But growing up in Madison was awesome. The only thing is, like, I still have friends who live there, live there, and I just wish that the people I grew up with mm-hmm. would take, like, either after high school or even after college now, most of them went to college, like, take six months and just travel. Yeah. Or just go to just, the rest of the U.S. Sure. Because... I don't feel like they're stuck. I feel like they are stuck, but not really. Like, they're not stuck in their heads. You know, they're doing their life. They're doing right. great. They're doing what they do best. And they're, it works for them. But if they were to travel, I feel like they would see how much cool shit you can do. Right. And how much better life can be. Not saying it's bad. I'm just saying right. there's so much to do. Right, right, and right. And that's why I'm happy I got out of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's so much more. Sure. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You expose, well, yeah, once you expose yourself, you definitely have a different, I mean, maybe it changes your philosophy on things, maybe it changes, uh-huh. it just changes your perspective, and then you're able to kind of be like, oh, like, I like, like, you know, even if, if you ended up returning to Madison, you'd be like, yeah. oh, I've seen all this other stuff, and I love Madison. Yeah, like, I, I tweeted, I posted on my Facebook last night, I was like, it doesn't matter where I go, I never get more excited I'm going back in like two weeks. I'm I'm going to South America tomorrow. Right. And I'm more stoked to go back to Madison in like two weeks because all my friends are there and it's just always a good time. Like right there for three days was the best time ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so, what, what was your family structure like? Like mom, dad, brothers, and sisters. Uh, I have a mom. Dad, I have one of each. Okay. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so you yeah, family of five. Yeah, family okay. of five. Uh, my sister is seven years older than me. My brother's two years younger than me. Okay. The middle child. Yeah. And what'd your my, parents do for a living? Dad is a construction worker slash construction engineer. Okay. Owned a construction company. My mom was an artist. Then she opened a store. Then she kind of did... She just kind of did a bunch of stuff. Sure. Ended up... Now she works at a shoe store. She works works in shoe stores for like the past 10 years. Oh, okay. My dad's from Israel. Culturally very different. Yes. Uh, he moved here when he was 20. Okay. Married my mom when he was 20-something, 22, right? Or 25. I don't know. Somewhere around there. Somewhere yeah. around there. Early 20s, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we moved to Wisconsin. We, I was actually born in California. We moved to Wisconsin oh, okay. when I was like two or one. Why did the, what was, what precipitated the move back to, uh, down went to engineering school in Madison, Wisconsin, ah, CTW. Family life is eh, kind of a little sketchy. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different things that stress us out, right? Like maybe it's something really, really small, like, man, that parking space, it's always taken. And I wish that I would be able to like get it. Instead of, you know, this person that maybe, you know, is the most courteous and considerate. I know that's something very random, but it's true. We all experience different things throughout the day that trigger us in so many different ways. And there are many times where I have been like, I wish that I had a a spot or a repository for me to, you know, get this stuff off of my chest. Because if you bottle it up, that is no bueno. And then all of a sudden you explode on a coworker or a friend or a family member being like, the parking spot. And people are like, what are you talking about? That is where therapy comes in. And I love working with BetterHelp because I'm a huge advocate for therapy, broadly speaking. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, please give BetterHelp a try. It is so easy because it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire, and then you get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you are not vibing with the therapist for any reason, you can switch it out at no additional charge. 
Get things off of your chest with BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash Ray today to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Ray. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Sure. <laughs> okay. Growing up was a little bit... I, like, I always talk about my high school life and my middle school life, and that's because I personally was like a very depressed human being then. Uh-huh. And my dad was very rough on me, mm-hmm. not saying he was a bad father by any means. Sure. Just culturally, the way they teach people in Israel and what you learn here is very different. You know, in Israel, after school, you go to the army. You go to the army, right. You grow up right away. Yep. You know, you're, you're grown up. You've got a gun in your hand. Yeah, yeah. totally. There, you're ready for the real world. So it's, you know, he was a lot more strict, and a lot more harsh by our standards. Sure. And then in seventh grade, they got divorced. And uh-huh. my life from like seventh grade to... Senior in high school is like I've learned the most then, but uh-huh. it was like the roughest time in my did life. Did you so you basically did your parents split custody and you kind of like went back and forth? Yeah. So what happened was their divorce was not uh, amicable. Easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a very difficult time. <laughs> sure. Like kind of sketchy. Okay. Uh, like was there I some was there was there some infidelity in there? Yeah. It's like you know things like. I don't know what my daddy wants to talk, me to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. You can, but, you can, you can protect that, the, yeah. the, the code of silence from that perspective. Yeah, but, you know, just seeing your parents in positions you're not used to seeing them in. Yeah. You know, they're, they're perfect people in your eyes, and to see them upset and to see them, uh, lawyers, police, things like that is a very weird thing to see at that time in your life. You, well, you're not supposed to. Yeah, you're not. And I'm in, like, seventh grade. <laughs> right, you know? right. And so my parents split up. My mom moves a mile away from my dad. So all through middle school and high school, I could... One person could punish me, I go to the other house. One person could want to do something with me, you I You could go play to the other one house. against each other, sure. One against the other. They haven't talked and still haven't talked since then, with the exception of one time uh-huh. out of court. Right. And so they have no relationship. And that was just rough on us because. That's rough, yeah, yeah. They would like, you know, they're still mad at each other. Me and my brother are the middle people. My sister has moved out almost by now. Yeah. And. Well, yeah, those, fe- those feelings, like, especially if they're, yeah. you know, if the legal system is involved. And not so much from just, like, a simple court decision, but, like, like you are saying, like, you, your parents don't have a relationship. Like, my parents were divorced when I was about four because my dad cheated on my mom. And yeah. it was one of those things where 
he both of them were fighting for custody over me. My mom won, and it was one of those things. I always reflect on the time where it's like, I love my I, my dad passed away a few years ago, and I okay. love him. But it's one of those things where it's like my life would have been so different if mm-hmm. he raised me, you know. Yeah. And but I because I was so young, I didn't have I don't have those memories of like what you had <laughs> was like yeah. that sort of you know forceful like why am I sitting in this court? This is weird. Why are you telling me to go over here? Yeah, like, it, it yeah, it's weird, man. Yeah, it's so weird. It's no, like, that fucks you up. <laughs> yeah, it was it was really like. It, it went and how, so you, and how old were you when you were experiencing all that? So like seventh, seventh grade, seventh and eighth grade okay. were kind of when they were getting divorced. Sixth oh, grade, dude, you were like more than aware of everything. Yeah, aware, but also confused. And the, right. people, the worst part is like people at school know what's going on. Yeah. And I remember this one time. I just thought of this. I haven't thought about this instance in like years. Yeah. But I remember this one time I came to school with like a scratch on my face. Okay. And this is when it occurred to me that. People at school know your personal life when big right. stuff happens. Like, of course. You, you know, when it like makes the news, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, yeah. So, like, and I only live two blocks from my school, so I could go. That's another story. Right, but right. I came to school with a scratch on my face. Uh huh. And who knows what my mom was telling them, my dad was telling them, but they thought that my dad had abused me. Sure. They didn't tell me that, but I could tell they're like, what happened to your face? Yeah. It was like a scratch. I was like, oh, my dad was picking me up in the snow and like flipped over and scraped my face, which is really what happened. Right. He's like, we'd like, he'd like talk. He's a strong dude. So he'd like flip us over and the snow was rough on top. Sure. And rough snow is it's ice. Yeah. So it scraped my face. Right. Whatever. Right. They like, that's, that's my story. I like ended up in like a, like a counselor's office. They're being like, so what happened with your dad? Like they thought that. My parents were like abusing me. Sure, sure. So yeah, yeah. I just well, that. and that, and that's and that's definitely that that kind of plays into the yeah. sort of like small townness of yeah. of the Midwest, where it's like that's pe- true. People do know each other's business, and like not even so much from like a nosy perspective, but it's like you know people like there's just that sense. There's a sense of community, even in a large town like Madison, mm-hmm. that is like is is very difficult to replicate in other areas like whatever you look at los angeles and it's like 95 percent of the time people don't even know their neighbors yeah but now you have everybody dude we were the my family like i always try to ask my parents about stuff because sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you but my parents like we were the crazy family on the block yeah sure like sure my dad was loud noises right right, right. oh yeah (laughs) like like me and my brother always hung out together we had a bunch of kids who hang out the block i'd get sent home he could still hang out because i was bad or i was too sassy to my friend's parents (laughs) right and i'm like all this, like, we'd cause problems, we'd, like... Sure. Like, we were that family that everybody... Yeah, yeah. Know, you know, you know, they, they always had... They always knew about it, what right, they were doing. Right. Well, that's <laughs> they, what is doing. Right, they, they were like, well, maybe we just have to keep a watchful eye on what they have yeah. going on there. Um, and so the... So as you started to, like you said, you, you, you know, fell into a depression just because yeah. of the, the horrible shit that was happening at home. Like, I mean, anybody would have gone to that, that spot. What was... Um, you know, as you were kind of battling through it and started figuring out like what to do with that, you know, what, what did you start to, what, what kid were you like in high school? You know, were you trying to play sports? What were you, Mm. what were you trying to do to distract yourself? I was depressed, man. Okay. Like depression plays a huge role. Like I am like the kids that are fans of the bands I work with. Right. That was me when I was younger. Mm -hmm. And so like Leaving eighth grade, I had long hair. Like, depression was something I had prior to the divorce, too. It was, like, a diagnosed thing. Okay. And to get an idea of my parents' outlook, my dad doesn't do medication. My I was mom, about to... I was my mom wanted about to, to medicate you. me for everything. Okay. By the time I was out of high school, I'd been through, like, 12 different meds, starting when I was in fourth grade. Wow. So I had, like, ADHD, depression, anxiety, all these... You know, one thing to pump me up, another thing to put me down. It was, like... Right. 
kind of crazy. Yeah. And so that combined with getting older, changing, divorce, meds in and out of the body, forgetting my meds. Yeah. You know, like all this stuff just fucked me. Of course. So ninth, tenth, ninth and tenth grade are like the first half of my high school year. I was seen before it was seen. I was like emo kid, I guess you call it. Uh, okay. Yeah. Swoopy haircut. Yeah. Swoopy haircut, long hair, baggy pants. Okay. Jinko jeans. Sure. Chains. I was making my own jewelry, hemp necklaces. Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 That sounds like a total hodgepodge of culture as well, where it's like, you have a little bit of Madison, you have a little bit of what you see on the internet. Like (laughs) it was before, like it was right when MySpace was starting. It was when I was in high school, you know, 2003, four. Okay. Uh, Facebook picked up by the time I was graduating. Sure. Sure. And so at that time, and there wasn't a lot of that in my high school. My high school was very diverse. Okay. So everybody, all different types of races, everything. Like we weren't sheltered in that aspect, but mm-hmm. there weren't, you know, I was the first one to wear, second one to wear skinny jeans, you know, first <laughs> things like that. Sure. And, but very, my sophomore and was, was, I mean, was music playing a part of your life at that point? It started like, one thing I always had was a girlfriend. Okay. I always had a girlfriend. Don't know the psychology, psych, psych, psychology psychology yeah, yeah. behind that but I did so did you, were you the type of guy that like went from relationship to relationship because you were like I really I, I need that like yeah I, I need a girlfriend okay yeah, so yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. it was cool right yeah yeah and like <laughs> it is <laughs> yeah so I did I, I really always wanted to be cool okay but like music started playing a role in 7th and 8th grade system okay. down Lincoln Park oh sure and by the time I was ninth to 10th grade I dated a girl who got me into like thrice um Never really got into Blink-182, but like Thrice, Thursday, Take Back Sunday, sure. Brand New, all that kind of stuff. Okay. Was huge. Music was huge for me. Eminem. Okay. Eminem was like the biggest. Oh, yeah. And so I listened to my CD player all the time. Like got depressed, run away, listened to music. Right. Retreated yeah. into that. Okay. So I was like super in my own zone. But I wasn't like unpopular at school. Mm-hmm. I was... I like knew everybody, but wasn't friends with anybody except for my like three friends. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I hated me. You could you could mix it up with everybody. You could go to the jocks. You could yeah, go to whatever. St- right, but people will make fun of me. It don't matter, but right, right. Yeah, but they're like, like, oh yeah, Adam, Adam's a funny guy. Like yeah, yeah he's kind of the yeah, yeah. So everybody always thought I was stoned. That's another thing. <laughs> I didn't even smoke weed until like late late years of high school. But everybody, because I didn't sleep at night because I would stay up late gaming. Or doing whatever, and I would get like two hours of sleep. Okay. And I'd go to school like bags under my eyes. Sure. And so they're like, it must be stoned. Yeah, right. I really thought I was stoned all the time. I never smoked though. <laughs> gaming. So you, yeah. you were into the you were the online gaming. Yeah. What were you playing? Starcraft and not WoW, Warcraft, the original Warcraft. Okay, right, 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 right. I never got into WoW. Which that so. I mean that that makes sense in regards to the retreating or. You, you you could use that and distract yourself from obviously everything going around. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, I can I can control this universe because yeah. this other stuff I can't control. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ex- that's that's a good way to look at it, and, and and that's like that was like more like I separated in two things. That was like the first half of high school, right? Before I understood the world a little sure. bit better, and then it's like sophomore. I was and my my I did really bad in school. I didn't do very well. I didn't even go to class really. Right. Um, just hung up with my girlfriend or. Right. I, I failed gym and uh Where, I, did you not suit up? I didn't go. <laughs> okay, that's went to lunch. Yeah, yeah. There's like three lunches, so I went hung on my girlfriend's lunch. Sure. And uh but I had like a GPA of like one four. Ugh, yeah. And then it was kinda cool because they were like my dad was like, You can get a piercing if you get a four And you better bet bet like next like my dad saying that to me was him saying, You're never gonna get a four Of course, yeah. I got four point like first semester of junior year. And that you're was like you're like that worked. Yeah, but that didn't work for my dad. <laughs> and I got that 4.0, and I also got an award for like greatest GPA improvement. Yeah, well, so, that's a huge swing. Yeah, so they're like, 
so they gave me like money and stuff. I was like, this wasn't like I intentionally took easy classes, got a four right, and was awarded. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, that's where that leaves me at like sophomore year. I don't know. Sure, sure. And so, the, the, so yeah, as music started to you know play a part in like you, because yes. I know in interviews that you've mentioned before. Where it's like you started the you know the local show promoters like the Steve and Tom that you've mentioned in other interviews. Those are their names, right? Yeah, yeah. You did research. <sighs> I you know I, I, po- I poked around. I poked. Around. I came into this interview like I don't really like to know too much about people. Yeah. Before I meet them because. Yeah, it's I mean, well, it's it's, it's a natural good. exchange. I mean, I, I feel like honestly, you're you're you and maybe about like six or seven other people I've done. I wouldn't even say research. It was basically I look at one what I define as more comprehensive interview, and I'm like, okay, okay here's what I don't want to hit because yeah. it's already been explained. Okay, I see you're saying. Yeah, you, yeah, I guess you have to do research. That's part of your job. But I almost feel bad because you know so much about me. Oh, it's fine. And I know you came, like, very highly recommend. Like, my assistant does all the research, and she's like, sure. you have to go meet this guy. Wow. He has done some awesome interviews. And I that's was like, great. I'm excited. I'm, she's, <laughs> she's smarter than me. Though. Right, right, so, right. That's perfect. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I'm glad that she speaks highly of me, and then that will... After this, I'm going to go learn about you. Well, great. Spectacular. I, I, I could, well, we, This is the starting of our relationships. Yes. It's perfect. So the... Because I do, like, the notion of you saying that's, like, the... What I really identified about your story in regards to, like... When you started taking pictures and the local show promoters just started being like, oh, yeah, like you can show up and we'll let you in for free. Yeah. And it was like, that was literally the, I mean, I started playing in bands when I was like 15. Okay. And so I kind of ha- had access to a lot of these venues already because they'd be like, oh, it's that kid that played last week or whatever. But I definitely took photos for my junior and senior year for yearbook for the only reason of getting my film developed for free. <laughs> I would take, you know, I would take whatever, the football team photos, and then I would be like, oh, I got some show yeah, shots. Here, yeah, yeah, can you develop these? Yeah. And that was like the only, I mean... That's awesome. Hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of developing that I had totally built to my school. And it was like, I just so identified with you yeah. from that perspective. That's cool. You were doing the yearbook photography as well, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I, was, I did some yearbook stuff, and at the... Your book probably wasn't the greatest, but yeah, it, it allowed me access to computers, mm-hmm. a camera, right? And that's actually what got started me on photography. Like I didn't even know I liked it before your book class. We right. have photography class, and we're we're also digital, so a little different. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's definitely what got me into it. Yeah, just the simple, and it's so funny because it's like the, the you know usually yearbook is from a photography standpoint is like could not be more boring. Yeah, like <laughs> it is literally the most uncreative, uninspiring environment. In regards to like, oh, just take a picture of these people. But like, you learn how to arrange people. It's true. Yeah. There, there, there's, and it's like, it's, if you can get excited about photography via yearbook, like, that's, that says something. Yeah. Because <laughs> usually people do it and they're just like, oh, fuck that. I'm not ever touching a camera again. Like, that was awful. Yeah. But, it, so for you to find enough value in it to be like, oh, I want to do this some more. Um, so, what, like, when you started going to shows and, like, started to have that experience of seeing bands live... Why you know, did it? Did it ever occur to you to try to like start a band, play in a band, like have that sort of? I'm so bad at that. Like again, it goes back to like that. The girlfriends I had like played such a big role in my life too because uh-huh. I hung out with them so much. Like I'm such an obsessive person. So uh, one of the girls I hung out with played guitar. She, she's probably like the coolest girl I ever met. Yeah, and uh, she played guitar and like t- introduced me to all these bands and like, but. Uh, I tried, but I was like, I have fat fingers, and like, right, you know, like, I can't do one this. of those mindsets when you're younger. Like everybody else started when they're like eight. I'm never gonna be catch up. Yeah, Which, I'm so mad at myself for having that mindset in my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I never started. So 
but I did like bands. And I but was there was there a desire? You were yeah. like, I, I would love to play in a band, but I can't do that because yeah. they started much earlier. Yeah, than yeah. I, okay. I mean, like, they look cool, so I like tried to look like them. You know, like everybody does. Of course, of course. And so, but I could get very close to them by taking photos of them. Right. And I learned that pretty quickly, and even interact with them, which was super. I I always want to be cool. Like that is a big thing for me. I love right. to be cool. So. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that that goes back to our earlier conversations of like when when, when does that quest ever end? Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> it's just like yeah, I just I just like to feel. I but mean, everybody <laughs> wants to feel cool. But when I was a kid, like I always thought of myself as a loser. So I, tr- I love the attention of being cool. Like, like, yeah, having friends. Well, I think I think there's a, a, obviously different variations of cool. Yeah. What I always said is that the moment that you felt cool in the sense of like you're acknowledging it yourself where it's like i'm like i'm like i'm cool that's when it starts to tip over into the like oh you might not be that like like that's when the ego takes over and you're just like oh i'm fucking cool yeah yeah, yeah, chill out (laughs) but you but to, to that point is that you may be cool to this you know whatever if you're if you're sectioning off like independent music yeah and it's like yeah, like by all by all definitions of the term, a person would look at you and be like, "Oh, Adam, like Adam seems cool. He's involved in cool stuff." Yeah. So it's like that's a whole different. It's ball kind of game. like yeah, I just want people to like respect. Sure. Yeah, maybe like cool. Cool, I did want when I was younger. Like I remember in Every, eighth grade yeah. bringing like my dad would buy these big packs of gum from like Sam's Club. Oh yeah. And I would just snag one, and I would go to school like with all the kids hanging out before school, and be like, "Hey, who wants gum?" And I'd like give them to everybody. So I was like. <laughs> I'm like trying to be friends with everybody. You're like the gum peddler. Yeah. Hey, I've got gum. Let's go over to. Yeah, that's I was amazing. like, that's cool, I, but uh, I don't. Yeah, you know, but now it's more so like respect. I guess is the actual right. thing that I wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's the. I mean, that yeah, maybe just a more adult way of putting cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you were saying, the the closeness of obviously you know capturing moments and you know doing the live photography. Did you still feel a disparity in regards to like here's those guys on the stage and then here's like me? Like there was a barrier between you two, or did that make you feel a little bit closer? Because there always is that that yeah. conception of like oh there's band dudes like man they're fucking untouchable. Yeah. I don't know, it's weird, because it started out with such... Even the small bands, I thought, were big bands. You well, know, when you're course. younger, like, 800 caps sold out, like, Chiodos, I remember in high school, like, I thought they were the fucking biggest band in the world. Oh, they're huge, yeah. Now you realize 800 cap is like... Yeah, it's a good job. Yeah, right, right. you've done well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to talk down anybody, don't get me wrong. No, That's no, no, more no, than no. 99% of the bands in the world can play to. Of course. But, right. in the grand scheme of things, it's mm-hmm. not a livable... It's not. It's, it's not, not a living it, wage, right? It's not. It's not Staples Center in L.A. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so going to these shows though, like I shot at a venue called the Journey, the mm-hmm. Loft, the uh, Loft. Yes, I definitely. Remember. I never. I never went there, but that was. I remember that that many. being a space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the Miramar in Milwaukee and the Rave and the Rave. Yeah. All these venues, uh, and it was a progression. You know, I started at the ten to twenty people. Yeah. Up to a hundred, and as the promoters would get bigger shows, I would get bigger shows. Right. And when I see promoters, like, I'm talking like a 20-year-old dude and a 17-year-old guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, the kids who book these shows were young. Yeah, you use the word promoter very lightly. Yeah, they're just friends. Right. We're just like, yeah, man, come. Like They're just organizers. They're yeah. just the guy that's like, that's who you talk to. The guy who's like, okay, to lose a bunch of money and somehow figure it out. Yeah. yeah. You'll have to go to an ATM at the end of the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The and so the uh, did you, did you feel like that sense of community when you first started showing up at these things and be like oh wow like there's a it was earned for sure okay yeah like when I first started showing up I didn't really have many friends sure and I kind of there was a few kids in my school that would go to the shows also okay and I became friends with them and 
I don't even really remember, man. I went to the shows first, and right. I couldn't afford to go to all of them. Sure. Then I started bringing my camera and shooting, and it wasn't like, I'm going to be a photographer. I just started shooting. Sure. And then I started putting the photos on my smug mug, and then... Smug mug? I have never heard that. You know what smug mug is? No. Oh, it's like a, it's like a photo. It's a photo site that mostly like wedding photographers use. Okay. And Does it still exist now? Yeah, I use it still. Oh, wow. And it's not like... And it's made, it's like a back end kind of. So like oh, they sell the photos, but you can also make your portfolio say on there. Ah, oh, okay. But when I was younger, nobody used it and it was really small. Sure. So I used it to like put, like every show I shot, put on there. And I still have all the photos on there. Uh-huh. So. Well, that's cool. I think I had my eight, eighth birthday with them this right. year. So. Um, <laughs> nice. That's cool. But yeah, no, I put them all on there and I would send them out to everybody and they put them on MySpace mm-hmm. and then I put my tag on it and then. I started just taking off and sure people that. people saw it like because yeah there definitely is <clears throat> especially it's like if your stuff is even like remotely good because live photography is so hard like it is it's like next to impossible to like make a living out oh, of yeah. just live photography it's hard man and so the <laughs> but it's also the easiest photography to do right because you, you just show, show up you show up right it's all like, there for you it doesn't matter if you're good or bad like don't get me wrong I'm not saying you show up and be the best photographer ever but no. you can show up and get shots that are perfectly applicable for every publication out there right like you don't need to do anything right You just and then the bigger the shows get the easier your job gets yeah, yeah, yeah as much as music photographers like to think that like I I do think they get harder to shoot but it's right. how hard you make it like if you're in the pit for first three every day for your whole life your shots are gonna be the same as every other Photographers, I of think. course. No, you, but, uh, well, it's true because I mean, they're dealt the same cards. Right, there's only so many angles that you can yeah. shoot out from underneath the band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think that's also, I mean, in my opinion, what sets a lot of your stuff apart too is because you like there is such an intention in you creating relationships with the bands that you obviously shoot, and it's like I know it seems like such a like obvious thing, like oh yeah, of course, photographer, like of course they get to know the band they shoot before they shoot them, or like as they're shooting them or yeah. whatever. But, like, you, it seems like you've deliberately been, like, like no, we're going to be fret Like, yeah. I'm going to know you. And, like, I mean, that's, like, obviously it's, like, all the work that you've done with Data Remember. It's, like, there's nothing that, like, you know, you, you by all stretch of the imagination, is, like, you know, you can be considered just, like, an appendage of them. Where it's, like, yeah. oh, yeah, it's Adam. Like, he's shooting photos. Like, you, they don't even recognize you anymore yeah. because you're just a part of their... Yeah. No, that's, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool you said that. Um... And like, I, I mean, that was your intention going into it, I presume, mm-hmm. to be like, I mean, not, not like I knew that was an option when I started. You know? Right, right. No, yeah. but I mean, like, as you started kind of developing these relationships, was it like, oh, I'm capturing like cool moments because I have this like either access or this trust with these people? Yeah. Like, so as you started to kind of feel that, was that something that you like kind of, you know, wanted, uh, wanted to make you do more of wasn't that? wasn't until, I would say the past three years. Okay. So... First time, I, I would say, like, I toured with bands for a few years, and then the first time I went to Europe was a day to remember. Mm-hmm. was, like, probably one of the first times I was like, whoa, like, these guys, actually, no, it wasn't even then. Yeah. Like, when I toured with bands at first, I didn't even take photos of them everyday life. Okay. I just was out there to try to figure out where we could shoot our next press photo. Okay. Which seems kind of ridiculous. Yeah, you were just scouting, right? That's right. what I knew. Right. That's how I, I knew to do photo shoots, because it went, I went from doing tons of live photos to doing just photo shoots. Mm-hmm. Because I, when I started, I didn't have like a connection with photography. It was just to be cool, right. as stupid as it sounds. Yeah. So, and when I started doing press photos, it was to make money. Of course. Because I was young and I liked it, but mm-hmm. I wasn't like, 
emotionally connected to it. Of course. And when people would talk about that, I would tell them, it's like, I am not passionate about photography. I like it. Right. But there's no way I'm like, oh, I need to do this. Like, sure. I feel this shot. It's like, it's like, it's like a fun medium to work in, but it yeah. wasn't like artistically inspiring. Exactly. So sure. It wasn't until like three years ago when I started touring full time where like, like, and even up till now and recently with the day to remember, it's been hard for me because I work with these bands. It's still a working relationship. Right. It's been hard for me to get over the work relationship and actually be the friend because so many people fuck you over. Sure. And to do that, it's like I can connect with the band so much better and I'm like, dude, I'll like feel like crying like over photos. Like I like get into it. Like I am so stoked and I get good moments. Like they mean a lot to me. Of course. And it means even more to me that the band wants me there. Mm -hmm. Like to have that, like to have that desire for the band to want to work with me is like, that's like the biggest accomplishment ever and I would never throw that away and, that, and that's why yeah well because it's know. a whole it's a whole different ball game yeah than inviting you out to be like oh cool every time we go through madison we'll invite adam out yeah. and he can shoot but like it's a whole different thing to be like hey so you're gonna come with us for like a month on tour yeah like that's i mean that's huge that's and for the and yeah. for them to not only invest their time but financial resources in you as well to be yeah. like hey what you're gonna get out of this or I mean, not not only you, but what we're going to get out of this as a band is going to be beneficial as well. Yeah, and I, and it's cool to let me into their lives, and I didn't really, I have to remind myself how fortunate I am to have people that trust me like that. Yeah. And to me, I have no desire to shoot artists who don't want to have a relationship. Okay. I like, sure, like if Metallica was like, hey man, come shoot us for a day, I wouldn't <laughs> be like, no, I'm okay. But... <laughs> You're like, I'm, only if we can be best friends afterwards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but... But uh, at the same time, like, if a band asks me to come tour with them for a month mm -hmm. and I don't know them, which I have had happen, right. I'll turn them down very easily because I'm not looking for a monetary hire on. Like, I'm not looking to be uh, expendable. Like, I'm right. looking for a relationship. Sure. So, if, if you, like, money comes second to any of my decisions. So, if you want me on tour with you, I'm looking for something, like, long term. Sure. Which is like, I sound like I'm dating somebody right now. Well, no, but, but I mean, yeah, you're just... But I mean, that's where I get the good photos is when I've been with somebody forever. Right. And it's hard now because touring's time consuming and I, don't, I can't tour with everybody I want to. Right. I have to turn down a lot of work. Sure. But um, and, and I'm it, trying my best. <laughs> and it's also, it's, it's also interesting too because it's like you, you've really, uh, in the same fashion as a band does, like, you know, when you were, when you were having to make that decision to be like... All right, I'm forgoing just working crappy jobs, and I'm going to I'm going to dedicate myself to this. Um, that's the same decision that a band has. Yeah. When when they're like, all right, I guess we're going to tour full time. We're gonna yeah. Quit college. We're going to do whatever yeah. in order to try to make this successful. Um, was was that was when you had to make that decision? Was it pretty uh, fraught with uh, peril in your own head? And then like you know, how did your parents react to just be like, oh cool, you're gonna. You're going to take cute shots of bands, Adam. That's yeah. exciting. Oh, man. This is like, this is going to be the longest answer ever because I kind of <laughs> had to pick a, paint a picture. Yeah, yeah. to interrupt. Whatever. Oh, no, it's fine. But I guess it happened like, graduated high school. Sure. So last year as a high school, kind of figured out, learned tons of stuff about photography, was working for publications by the time I graduated. Mm -hmm. Went to college, free ride for like a semester, like local tech college because oh, I had sure. scholarships that's and cool. like that. So I was like, all right, I'll try it out. Right. Wasn't my thing. Was working day jobs. And then... January of 08. Okay. I was getting confused on this timeline. It's okay. Yeah, January of 08, I went on my first tour, which is like fresh out of college. Okay. And that was when I wasn't making a lot of money. Was the, Like when you say, when you when you go on tour with bands, I'm sure the structure still is roughly the same. Were they just paying you like a, basically like a per diem where it's like, hey, like here, Adam, we'll give you 
we'll give you, you know, whatever, $20 a day to come hang out with us and shoot. The first time I got paid to go on tour was in 2009. Okay. That was all-time low for the DVD tour. Okay. And they paid me $1,000 for a week and a half. Okay. And that was... That's pretty good. I mean... The thing, the thing about photographers is to go on tour with a band, yeah. you're being compared to crew. Of course you are. Yeah, yeah. If I were to work regular photographer work, $1,000 is what I should be making in half a day. Okay. If that. You really? know what I mean? Okay, like yeah, you're yeah. making if you're shooting a commercial job, you're making tens of thousands That's in the true. week. That's if you're true. shooting, you know, smaller promo shoots, you're making, you know, a couple of grand a day. Sure. So to do touring stuff, your time is being not as a photographer. You're as a crew member. That's true. Which is different. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. So to come to terms with touring and getting paid was kind of a thing I wasn't ever ready to do because sure. it is a huge pay cut. So I didn't accept money for touring until a day to remember hired me on full time this year. Okay. To be like their dude. Okay. So I that and up till then I have never been paid to go on tour other than that one tour. Oh, interesting. So, okay. So you, you would basically just be like, okay, I need to I need to line up my finances to where it's like, okay, I'm able to you know sustain myself over this time. Yeah, it was just more valuable for me to be on tour. Uh huh. Have nobody have any control over me. Like, I'm on the road with a band, but right. I'm shooting what I want to shoot because they haven't paid me to be here, pay for my own travel. Interesting. Whatever, so I could peace out, come whenever I went. Nobody was really in charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and it kind yeah, of it made, gave you autonomy, right? Yeah, right. like I was in charge, and they were quote unquote not to sound conceited, but lucky to have me on the road with them. Of course, and I was doing my thing because you were providing a service for free. Yeah, and so the only and I would get paid more, right, just by selling my photos to publications, labels, management, band Got to it. use for things than to charge the weekly rate because seven hundred dollars that's like yeah that's like less than a photo shoot. You know, yeah, like yeah, that yeah. is. You can make that, you know, that's what crew no, can make seven hundred to four thousand. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Because yeah. I the only the only reason I ask that is because I just always I'm always curious about the 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 way that bands I mean I I've worked with labels a lot of my life and I, I've always had a relationship with photographers in regards to like I will pay you this, you know, I'll, whatever. I'll give you, you know, fifteen hundred dollars for this photo shoot. Yeah. But I've never hired anybody to like work on a tour, and so yeah. I'm just always curious how that works. Yeah. But that's that's cool. I, I like that. I like your attitude going into it, where it's like, okay, I'm still able to. Yeah, the, the assets I capture will ultimately be larger than what it is I'm trying to like, you know, get from the band, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, and, that's, and that's the thing is like, money's not the factor there. It's right. like, I was paying for my own flights, my own travel, scheduling, you know, that summer I did like a two month run, but it was my own run, you know, it was right, like five right. different tours, work tour, kind of just going around, and that's more fun. Cause yeah. You don't have to worry about. And right, you're like, oh, I'm hopping on here. How about, oh, you guys are in Boise. I'm gonna yeah. be there tomorrow. I'll hit them up, the- fly in, and they'll pick me up. You know, it's right. I don't know. They're not. It's fun. Right. No, that's cool. I mean, and yeah, I'm you're meeting able- tons of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that that's <clears throat> that's so like when going back to the original question in regards to like when you when you made that decision to quit and try to pursue photography from full time perspective. The, you know, I mean, how did you, like we were saying, how did your parents react when you were, you know, well, you, were, you were going to community college on, on a scholarship? Yeah, so I went to community college, toured at the beginning of that year, and then that year I was in Madison doing shoots, touring once in a while. Okay. Um, and then end of 2008, I had like a huge depression thing. Okay. That like kind of changed my life. So I ended up, I don't know if I've really touched on this much, but I okay. ended up girlfriend stuff again okay so I went left on a tour she had a girlfriend uh-huh. came back she left me was with another dude instantly broke my heart sure for two months I was like basement in my basement for sure. two months just didn't do anything because right. I have like depression and know how to handle it well and you also I mean and you've it sounds like I'm playing armchair psychiatrist here but the the concept of when you you, a person always having a girlfriend. I, I can oh, identify yeah. that. I always did that. I know it's not healthy. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that that's me saying I can't do this on my own. Right. Or, yeah. or you, your identity is fulfilled within the context of this other person. Yeah, not myself. Right, 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 right. Which so. is something I'm good on now. Right. But it took me. You had to learn. Right. Yeah, so that happened and I was just, I ended up in the hospital. Ultimately, I was in the hospital for like a week and then I ended up in like a psych ward. Okay, yeah. Like you had a, a breakdown. Week. Right. Yeah, I went like fucking crazy sure right 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 and that's when i was like man when i got out of the psych ward like who was did your parent like were your parents finally like we've had enough like adam needs professional professional help we need to take like okay who so, recognized that in you well it had been an ongoing thing i living with my mom mostly my dad lived okay. pretty far away from madison at this time sure. so i was in the month in the basement for two months and I, mean, I it's say pretty. That's pretty I, obvious if you just yeah. And I this is not eating. Uh, I don't know how detailed you want to get into this, but not eating really. Sure. Like very depressed. Right. Um, and I say I can relate to the kids that follow this music because like you were I there. Don't know if, yeah, I, I was cutting. I don't know if that's like something people talk about, but yeah. when I was younger, that was a thing that I did totally. And I it was to a point where like every day I was like 
you didn't want to live. My mom was like crying. You know, sure. like it was it was fucked up. Like I was it Well was, I'm sure it's, it's like I'm sure she felt helpless because she couldn't help you. Yeah. You were you couldn't help yourself. Yeah. Besides the you know the the physical manifestation of you cutting like you, yeah. It was just a cycle of you couldn't no one could help you. Yeah, and and so like I said, like my parent parents only met up once right. since they broke up, and that was the it was like last resort. Right. They both came over and trying to talk to me, and we're talking like I didn't talk to anybody. Sure. So it didn't help. And then one day, I like my mom was like, "Adam, you have to go to the hospital. Right? You're not. You're gonna kill yourself. Like it's like, like I was depressed, but I wasn't like out of commission. Sure. So there had been one time where I like, took a bunch of pills. I had to go do something at the hospital. Sure. So then I went back and I self submitted myself to okay. like acute whatever. Sure. And then I was there. I didn't realize what that meant at the time. Right. But it basically threw me into this. It's like the now you're in the system. Yeah, you are. And once you're in the system, it's like that's the last thing my dad wanted. And that's the only thing my mom last year that my mom had. Right. And once you're in the system, it's like so broken. Well, of course, <laughs> it's well, so yeah. fucked. So I ended up there, and they couldn't support me there. Sure. So I got moved to like a psych ward, where's where you're with like like, like straight prison, jackets, like sure, straight, sure. like yeah, you're in like prison basically, like on suicide watch, right? Um, with people who can't even. Don't even know who they are. Sure, like it is. Yeah, it was different like, different levels of crate. Like you were, you were conscious. Of, yeah, just right. suicidal. Right. So that's the only place I could go, and like yeah. I got out of there a week later. Just I got out of there on probation, so I had to like be off everything for six months, be on medication. Uh huh. And that's when I was like, I gotta do something different with my life, man. Sure. <laughs> so that led into two thousand nine. Okay. Which ultimately, I made a DVD after that. Uh huh. Um, was healthier, was on my medication, uh-huh. didn't have any incidents, and like six months later, I was going to go visit my sister in San Diego. Okay. And I had a falling out with a girl who I was talking to, uh-huh. to a point where I was like, uh, I don't even think if she knows it was a falling out because I was so bad, so anxious, maybe like, sure. couldn't even handle it. Right. So I just, I just moved on a whim to San Diego, like two days, two days notice was like, I'm moving. You're just like, I'm out. And that's when everything started getting better. Okay. And so you, you, your sister lives in San Diego currently? Mm-hmm. Okay. So that was basically like, okay, I have some support system here. I need to get the hell oh, out of Madison. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was like, dude, it's like, <clears throat> the winters are rough. You can't shoot in the winters. Yeah. Yeah. I needed, like, a new friend. I just needed to start over a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you press the reset button. Yeah, so... Which is completely understandable with what you what you went through. And I knew Pierce Avail there, so they got, were very helpful. Got it. Yeah, making you feel settled. So that got intense. I was like, oh, no, this no, is actually, dude, good. this is a good time to talk about this. I never got to talk about this. Yeah, and that's, ex- that is exactly what, that's, that's exactly what this form is. Okay, cool. I mean, at, and at that point, that you felt like you could obviously reinvent... I mean, not even reinvent yourself, but legitimately start over and be like, okay. What do I, I do? Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to pursue this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pursue photography. That was when like my yeah, that was when photography started. I okay, guess, from what like I started being professional. Right, 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 <laughs> right, right. What was it? What was the first like gig that 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 you felt? Uh, I guess gave you a sense of legitimacy in your own head, where it was like, oh wow, like I feel like that respect that we were talking about. Well, like, I guess we skipped a little bit. When I was in Madison, I had a manager for a little bit who was like a band manager. He's oh, not, okay. He was a manager. Sure. Uh, still is. But he didn't know how to manage photographers. But he brought me on and taught me the business side of things. Got Without it. him, I wouldn't have learned anything. Right. And so <laughs> I he sent an invoice, right? Yeah, now. he sent me email. He taught me emails. He taught me the business side of stuff that people sure. don't know even exists. Right. Uh, did a lot of photo shoots with like hundreds of different bands to just to meet them. Got it. 
And so by the time I moved to San Diego, I could do all that on my own. Got it. Yeah, yeah. You could be self-sufficient, sure. Yeah, so... Um, when did you feel like, I guess, you kind of turned a corner where it was like, okay, like, I feel like I feel like this did work. Like, yeah. I feel like this reset button well, yeah, in San I, Diego. I did a shoot in Chicago Okay. before I left for Ace Enders. That was one of his clients. Sure. And Ace Enders, early November, was like, you know, you listen to him when you're younger. I was like, dude, oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, here's Ace, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was Ace. And I did it at the venue and after the show. And uh-huh. that's when I was like, okay, this is sick. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> yeah, I was you're like, like, I feel good about this. Yeah, and then I started shooting like all these signed bands. Like, first, like, his kids or All That Remains or... The uh, main Mayday Parade, Pierce sure. Vale, like not Pierce Vale yet, but just like all these bands that just start shooting with me. Mm-hmm. And that was when I was like, this is cool. And then I moved to San Diego, and that's when I started my real first like personal relationship with um, Pierce Vale. Sure. So I did like a shoot at their place, went to their house, you know, let's start again actually. I don't know. That's when I started actually yeah. for a relationship, I feel like. Right, right. When you, so, yeah, you started to, I mean, like what you're doing now, where it's like, obviously you started to develop your own, you know, brand, so to speak, where yeah. it was like, you were in control of it. You were doing it all yourself. You were making mistakes and you were making all this on your own as yeah. opposed to. I was broke. Sure. I, was I, living, I lived with some dudes off Craigslist that ended poorly. Right. <laughs> my, lived, lived with my sisters on my sister's floor for a little bit. Sure. But you're like, I can't do that for that, that was, long. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, it took like, took a year or two in San Diego for me to really grow up. Mm-hmm. To like mature, live on my own. Sure. And uh, that took a lot. That was hard to balance too because I was gone. Right. So it was just like, it's a lot of learning in those first two years before I got stable here. Sure. Well, yeah, but, you had you had to yeah you had to figure out so many different things. You had to figure out your own business. You had to figure out life, how to exist on your own. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Menace, like eventually, yeah, it's like so much stuff. <clears throat> so, like you were mentioning that at the beginning of, the, of this year, you you now I mean essentially are are a part of the Day to Remember camp and yeah, like, you travel with them. Do you you basically do every tour with them that they go out with? Yeah, we have like a deal basically. So. They are my first come first serve. I was like apprehensive to do it at first, uh-huh. but it's not something I've ever done before. Of course, so well, I was it, like, it is oh, un- got to try it. It is unconventional. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, some people have the photographers, but yeah, they're starting a record cycle. Yep. So for people who don't know what that means, every time they put out a record, you kind of tour everywhere yep. again. Yeah, yeah. You got so, an eighteen to twenty-four month record cycle. Right? Yeah. So. Uh, they're starting that, so I was like, I'll do this for a year. And that started in about November of last year. Okay. And it's all everything I do is verbal. I have never signed contracts. Okay. So we're, I mean, it's going to bite me in the ass one day, but that's right. just the relationship I have. With. Well, I, I think, I definitely think that it's like, as long as there's that sort of implicit level of trust, and as yeah. long as like, as, as both parties are like, feel complicit in some capacity, it's like, you know, yeah, if you decide to like pull the, oh, we don't have a contract. Yeah. Why would I want us to work with you? Yeah, that's a good point. Because <laughs> then they'd be like, "Well, okay, well, clearly, like, I, why would I trust you? You're mm-hmm. pulling that card. I'm like, that's just, yeah. that just sucks. That does suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If the cover comes to that, I'll I'll call you up. Right. Uh, the last thing I want to hit on was the the. I mean, as a photographer, obviously, you're you're you're, you're limited to what you're photographing or what you're photographing with your subject. Um. And, you know, I, I saw you casual mentions in regards to, like, you know, you're doing shoots with, like, you know, Yale, Yale Wolf and, like, uh, Cal- we did something with Calvin Harris or am I... Tiesto. That's it, Tiesto. Yeah. Um, so is it one of those things that you, you constantly want to start photographing people sort of outside of the, the quote-unquote war tour world and kind of, like, growing past that? Or is it that you're pretty comfortable with where you're at and you kind of want to jump around from that perspective? Um, well, everything I shoot 
I've always been a. I don't like being hired on as less than an artist. Okay. I don't know how to explain it, but think of the way that when people shoot with Terry Richardson, how they they're not hiring Terry Richardson. Right. They are working with him. Totally. And I like that outlook on being a photographer for somebody is not being hired on and tossed away. Right. Because I feel like I don't get the images that I want when somebody thinks of me as less than them. I at sure. least want to be your equal. Right. Like that is like that's actually that's the most I want to be. I don't yeah. want them to think I'm more than them ever. Right, right, right. Um and I feel like so the people like when I worked with Tiesto or when I've worked with uh Yellow Wolf actually Yellow Wolf was a cold hit up. That was one shoot that I didn't know anybody, I just hit him up. Right. And but with Tiesto, like that's just a friend letting me shoot his current artist. Sure. Like it's never me hitting somebody up and begging for a shoot. It's right. always like me coming in and doing a shoot for a friend or a manager. Or, yeah, someone you trust. Yeah, right, somebody right. that I know. So it it's kind of keeps me away from anything that's money-oriented or, yeah, I don't know, it's more real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's true. I, I like the way that, yeah, you, you want to approach it, especially because, like, people, a lot of times, especially in the music industry, people do view photographers as just like, oh, this is this guy I need to hire to get this thing. Yeah, it's like scum. It kinda. is. Kind of, like, they don't think of you as, and I don't, and that's why I just don't like that. I like people who, res- it's so much more fun to work with somebody and they respect you. And like, yeah. It wasn't until I, this year that I really realized that, like, between All Time Low and A Day to Remember, I talked to, like, the drummers of both bands and All Time Low's drummers, like, yeah. I was like, you know, I'm trying to work with people on YouTube. You know, right. I really like how they're doing their life. Yeah. I think it's so cool. Do you have any connections? And, like, can you help me? He's like, of course. Yeah. You're like a good dude. I trust you. Right. And I was like, that's sick. Right. <laughs> Whoa. He'll help me out. Right. He's like, Adam, you know, all your friends will do this for you, right? Like, you're a good dude. And I was like, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That, and then, and it, but I, I you, 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 you hit on such a, like, such an important topic that I think that's like the moment that you believe that you believe someone will do something for you. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think that bond friendship business wise, like it is kind of manipulated where mm-hmm. it's like, like you were saying, you were, you were surprised when they decided to help you out, you yeah. know, because that there were, you were like, Oh wow. Like, the, thanks. Like, well, I don't I expect did, that. Right. Yeah. But I, I think so many people do enter even the, like business relationships or friendships where it's just like, oh, what can this person really like do for me? I mean, not saying that's like it's that callous when it first yeah. begins, but it's like I know, that's like L.A. Right. It's it, and it should and it shouldn't be that. It should be I like to figure like what I can do for them. Totally. That's kind of the more rewarding because when you do stuff for other people, I'm not saying I'm doing it to get return, but yeah. that's when. That's where the respect comes from. Right. And that's I'm down to be the first person to do something for somebody else. That's sure. Fun. Meaning, yeah. That that's where you create meaningful and trustworthy relationships, mm-hmm. whether it be professional or otherwise. It, it is that that core level of just like, oh yeah, like you're a talented person, and like yeah, this would be fun to work together. Yeah. As opposed to just like the other, like oh wow, like I have to have these ulterior motives for knowing you or whatever. I can't. I can't even hang out. Like I can't even <laughs> hang out in L.A. Because I'm usually a very relaxed person. I do have, like, I can get very anxious, like sure. anybody. Right. I don't know if I have anxiety problems, like my parents believed. But, right, right, right. And when I'm in L.A., like, when somebody's talking to me, like, there's that saying, you know, it's like, in L.A., they say one thing, mean another thing. In New York, they just tell you what they mean. Right. Like, dude, just talk to me. Like, yeah, yeah, When somebody says one thing, it means something else. I can't even focus on the conversation. Right. You're like, what are you saying? I'm like, I feel so, like, I'm not stupid. Right, like, right. Just treat 
Are you I, talking English? I can't hang out there because of that sometimes. It's rough. Yeah. I mean, everybody speaks to you because of your photography. Do you, uh, what are the other, do you have other sort of passions and interests outside of the context of just like creating a visual medium? I mean, I know people have asked you in regards to like, oh, would you ever do music videos and that sort of stuff? Like what, what other stuff, what other stuff do you get passionate about? Yeah. I, I don't really know. Yeah. Too, I, I shoot. I love shooting. Yep. Recently, I got, like, a drone copter. I love that. That's so fun. So okay. I've been flying that around at shows. <laughs> I really just do, like, follow follow what I have fun with. Uh-huh. And I can tell when I'm stoked on something and I should dive into it more. Okay. And right now, I guess it's, you know, photography. My main job, I'm always stoked on that. I always switch that up minimally. Uh-huh. I still do it, but I'm still stoked on it. Uh, the drone. I love the business aspect and the branding aspect of what I do. Sure. So everything kind of comes back to this. Right. I don't, I don't like also pro surf or anything. Right. right. Yeah. 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 You don't. Yeah. I'm into gaming. I do game with. I play a lot of Blizzard games like Hearthstone. Okay. Uh, Heroes of the Storm. Well, I don't know. I play like all these games there, but that's like like I like play games and then do emails and then like it's my break from work. Sure. Sure. So, it's your decompression time. Yeah. Right, so right. I I do that daily and it keeps me productive and on task. Yeah. I think. That's a hobby. <laughs> At least you tell yourself. Yeah, I tell myself that. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you coming up here and hanging out. This was uh, very enjoyable for me. Thank you. Yes, of course. Oh, enjoyable the, for me. the audible handshake. Yeah. <laughs> So there you go. There's Adam. Great conversation, right? If that doesn't inspire you to be like, oh man, I can create something. I can make something. I don't know what will. Visit 100wordspodcast.com. Again, fundraising campaign. Visit patreon.com backslash X purpose X and contribute to the show. We greatly appreciate it. Visit our media partners, propertyofzach.com. Great friends, great content. Visit the site. You can email the show, 100wordspodcast at gmail.com. A lot of you have been reaching out recently, and I, I'm always glad to hear that sort of feedback. And like, hey, check out my music, or hey, great job on this episode. I love that. Especially episodes that have aired like months and months ago. They're like, oh, I just listened to that. And it's like, that's great. I love that. Next month, it's going to be a theme month. Because I, I just happen to have interviewed a lot of people who are what I define as, uh, I, I don't want to throw around the word legendary, because these are people who are still active in music, but these are people who I look up to and still continually look up to within the context of the punk and hardcore scene. So next month is, uh, you know, I'm going to dub this affectionately Old Guy Month. June will be a bunch of people who, you know, honestly may be out of the quote unquote limelight. But they have so many amazing stories to share. And I mean, I could have probably talked to each of these guests for like hours and hours and hours. So and these are the type of people that I'm talking about. I'm talking about Dave Rillian, the vocalist of Botch and currently in Marrows. I'm talking about Rob Moran from Unbroken. I'm talking about Justin Pearson from The Locust and cool stuff coming up in June. So for those of you that are like, oh, hey, all this modern band stuff that you've been doing, like, just drop it. Okay, got it. This whole month is dedicated to you, you old fogies like me. So anyways, the producer for this show, Tom Richfield, and until next week, be safe, everybody. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Trust me in saying that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all of the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. 
BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 